When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back out the smart. Fakes the pass all the time. Three. Bang! It's Williams Hello and welcome to the Celtics Raider Podcast. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Game one of the Celtics 2021-2022 season is in the bag. And oh my God, what a ridiculous, dramatic beginning to the season. Joining us to talk all about it from up there in beautiful Newcastle, Australia. Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm only seeing my hair in the the camera now. I'm realizing like just how absurdly long it is. Luscious locks there you've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm double vaxxed now, so I will have this um, chopped post haste. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm well. I'm well like my hair is. What's good the to hear. What's the situation over there, guys? Are you, uh, is it back to normal or just minimal restrictions? Well, that is you our- You go to the pubs again. That is our New Zealand correspondent, Joe, aka Nose Grows McFly, who I was about to introduce. Joe, uh, tell me how you're doing, and then I'll tell you how we're doing. I'm going all right. Yeah. Um, mate, not not a lot to report. Lovely time of year. I think this is my favorite time of year, right? Love, uh, love when spring gets- Coming into cricket season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Touch of basketball, but really heading towards, uh, towards cricket season there. Um, Joe, we're, we are out of lockdown here in Australia if you are vaccinated, which Jackson and I both are. Um, so I'm growing my shaved head back out. Uh, got a little fade here on the on the side, but um, it's 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 tough times for, for my haircut here. Um, but I've been to the pub. I've seen my mates. Uh, the NBA is back. I feel great. I feel like life's returning back to normal. Great to see the crowds oh, there in the, uh, in the arenas. So um, things are <laughs> feeling normal again. Yeah, we're having a bit of a tussle over here in New Zealand. You know, things went so well for so long, but, you know, government did pretty good on the whole. But to be fair, they probably are a bit slow getting the vaccines out, eh? So, um, so we're, we can relate. We're, yeah, <laughs> we can. <laughs> hey, seems to be a universal problem. I don't know. Maybe it's just our government's thought, oh, it's a bit of she'll be right. You know, like, yeah. Definitely yeah, that. Hey. But look. Let's get back to the game here. Let's get back to the Celtics here, uh, who uh, played in front of an arena full of, um, I'm assuming, vaccinated punters there in in New York. Um, let's start with this. Let's let's start with the vibes, Jackson. You've had a few hours now to digest the game. How are you feeling walking away from this one? Generally positive or negative, and and why? 
Oh, much more positive and, and at peace with it now. Um, it, it stung like a bastard to start with because if I'm brutally honest, I remember there were several times that I thought the game was over and I did it did enter my mind that like the 17-18 Celtics would win this game. There were so many instances where they were just in holes and it just looked hopeless and they somehow pulled out some absurd game. And I was like, if we're a good team, if we're like a, like a team that's going to go on one of those like runs again, maybe, we would probably pull this out. And then we pulled it out, almost pulled out. We got it back from where we wouldn't look like, we would look like we would lose in regulation to double OT. So it, it stung at the time. But now that I think about it, I'm really encouraged by like that, that fight back. There were obviously flaws. There were moments, um, you know, mostly due to fatigue in the overtime that, that ultimately cost us. And, you know, there were some matchups throughout the game that, that um, didn't work out too well. So there's a lot to work on. But, I mean, overall, it's very positive because, you know, that was it was a hell of a game, wasn't it? It was amazing to watch. And, you know, if, if, if we had stunk out the joint and got blown out by 30, it would be a much different vibe. But, you know, as, as hard as it was, I'm, I'm pretty encouraged by what I can see. Yeah, regardless of how you felt, at least it was an entertaining game for, for all the fans out there. But, uh, Joe, what are your takeaways? One of the most entertaining. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I mean, yeah. like, it, it's sometimes it's a bit hard to get wound up about results, close results against teams that you sort of regard as being roughly in, you know, your stratosphere as a team. Hmm. You know, like, if we'd done this against, I don't know, like, the Orlando Magic, I'd be like, mm, <laughs> that sucks. But, <laughs> you know, the Knicks are sort of supposed to be around about as good as we are this year, allegedly. I don't know. Do you did you guys sort of feel like what were you? It's all, mate. It's all about how you go relative to expectations and what did you expect was going to happen going into the game. I I expected us to, but for some reason I thought we were going to win this game. Um, but and I honestly and you know to to get back to the original question, I'm I'm feeling positive walking away from it because I really genuinely feel like we were even just an average Jason Tatum performance away from. Probably winning the game in regulation, to be fair. And then if you want to add, you know, some extra fuel to that fire, uh, a made wide open Jalen Brown dunk or a made wide open Dennis Schroeder layup away from probably winning the game as well, if not in the regulation, then in overtime as well. I, I thought we played quite well under the circumstances. Like tough opening game for a young team with a rookie coach missing two rotation players. Um so it sucks to have lost that and especially to have all that you spent all of that effort and uh energy fighting back to actually put it into contention towards the the, the end there. Um it sucks to have lost it, but um I don't know, I feel like under the circumstances it's a it's a vibes win <laughs> walking away from it all. I don't I don't feel bad about the team at all. Mm. I ex- I expected us to lose many times throughout and even though we ultimately did the fact that we like staved it off and had many opportunities to win, you know, that's I guess, relatively speaking, in the context of the game, like sort of exceeded my expectations to some degree, but I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, it's a, it's a positive feeling regardless. Yeah, I, I think just on the Tatum thing, yeah, okay, maybe we're a Jason Tatum normal game, but we had Jalen Brown's career game, you know, like <laughs> we're also a Jalen Brown normal game away from being blown out by 15 or 20, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, go, yeah. It's hard My to, brain doesn't work that way, but now that you mentioned it, yeah. that makes perfect sense. <laughs> you know, you hardly to- say it was a Romeo Langford and Grant Williams career game too. Yeah, well, Romeo, it. Romeo's yeah. been a bit of a bright spot because I, you know, mm. I'm on record as being quite out on him. So hey, mm. prove me wrong, mate. But yeah, look, it's hard to interrogate the counterfactuals too much, isn't it? But um, mm. 
Hmm. Yeah, I, I, my thought was, oh, look, I thought we we're probably going to be in for a close game, and we got a close game. It was, you know, encouraging. I have my little formula for the uh, listeners out there. Double the amount of minutes left and add two points, okay? Once you Never been to, wrong. Once, <laughs> except, for, except for the many times it has. But it's still a really good rule of thumb to say, hey, the game's probably pretty close to out of reach. And we actually did cross it. I think with four and a half minutes left, we might have been down 11. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been with three and a half left, we were down by nine. Something like that. So normally that's, that means that the game should be in the refrigerator. Uh Rest in peace, chick. Um, but <laughs> it was in the freezer. Let's be honest; was, like, it was over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. And pretty goofy last play. Good fun. It was good fun, and yep. I'm sorry we lost it. So I can't say that it was a vibes win, but it would have been quite. This would have been quite, quite a fun sort of chat if we'd pulled it off, eh? And it's, mm. you know, it was pretty close. Not much. I'm gonna- I'm going to enjoy the chat regardless. Uh, I, I definitely felt after, I mean, I had to go for a, literally I had to leave my house and go for a walk after the game. It was one of those kinds of losses, like a heavy hitting loss. But, you know, while there were a startling amount of individual errors in the game, I thought overall the team performance was fairly good. 34 assists mm. in the game, which is huge if you compare that to, you know, Refreshing. average from last year. 29 in regulation, so don't be telling me that it was because it was an extended game that we had a high assist count. Mm. Um, and we had multiple opportunities to put it away. There was the potential Tatum game winner uh, at the end of OT1, and yeah, we can have an argument about whether or not he should have even been taking that shot, given his performance that um, you know thus far in the game. Schroeder and Brown, like I said, missing those wide-open opportunities to make it a two-possession game in a game where scoring was difficult to come by at the end there. Um, and no Ines Cantor. <laughs> Despite a shortened big-man rotation, we did not see Cantor in the game. Adds to the pile of positive takeaways from this game. Um, as far as the positive <laughs> you know stuff, any... Uh, sorry, Jackson, go ahead. I was going to say, do you know um, a statistical anomaly, at least to me it was, who do you think won the rebounding? Do you think it was close? Do you think New York? <laughs> I want to say Boston? New York, no, no. but I don't know. Yeah. We want to out-rebound them by one. We have, uh, Do you know what the offensive rebounding um, tally was? A lot. We did have quite a lot. 15 to 7 to us. 15 to 7. Any other time, I would have been like, that's that's money. Like, It feels like we get murdered off on the on the boards normally, but you, you double the, the offensive rebounds you get with them. God, I would expect that would be a win every single day. So, yeah, just, just one of those bizarre, incredible games. Yeah, I say we missed a lot of shots. <laughs> That's the yeah. other thing you say. Um, should I should I segue to the negative takeaways? I feel like you're taking us there, Joe. Have you got any other positive well, takeaways before we move on? Uh, positive takeaways. Um, for me, probably Langford looking real. Uh, he's not hesitating on a shot, and that's great. If he can shoot, that's uh, that's a huge one. Um, if he's a player, there's a huge one. You've just like to sustain sort of, I guess, success as an organization. You've kind of got to, kind of got to keep replenishing the well of talent. Um, and you've kind of got to nail at least half of your, you know, of your late first round picks to do it. It's very hard to do otherwise. And that's sort of, you know, Ainge, he's done all right. If, 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 you know, if Langford's a hit, that means he's got sort of Williams and Langford and, um, uh, Williams the third, so Time Lord and Langford and back to back drafts. And if if Grant Williams turns into a rotation player, which I, you know, I'm hopefully will, um, I'm a big believer. Um, then you know that's that's enough to keep you ticking over with with good bench talent. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. 
couple of Reddit <laughs> comments here before we move on. Uh, Reddit user deleted 17 x says, I honestly can't even be mad. That was NBA basketball at its best. What a fucking game. And uh, user Blake G3E follows up. Um, comments saying stuff like, quote, this Laker kid sucks is worthy of a ban from this subreddit. It just makes the game threads miserable. All-time opener was 100% worth it, even though we lost. Um, so this Laker kid, I think referring to Jason Tatum, I don't know if you guys saw the like eye-gougingly awful graphics of Tatum in a Lakers jersey for some sort of Kobe Bryant promo commercial. Very, very bad. Don't recommend Googling it All if right. you haven't seen it. Oh, I thought... I thought he was talking about Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> Maybe he was. Yeah, I, I didn't clarify. I missed, I missed the Tatum jersey thing. Um, yeah. Man, I'm just not online enough, eh? I, I haven't seen the picture. Good for you, you man. Honestly, I wish I was there <laughs> yeah. with you for this moment. Uh, not not good. And, yeah. and, and a comment on the game threads, too. Is like, I think we've been over this like many times ad nauseum. But like, you, you walk into a game thread, it's just like, you get, forget it. You know, There's no logic. There's no reason in there anymore. It's just the most extreme takes, you know, one after the other. So, you know, if you're going to go in there... Be prepared to to experience that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we've got a few Reddit <laughs> shoutouts throughout this pod, but honestly, it was difficult to find ones that were worth including in this podcast because it was a very emotional reaction to you know to a game that's worthy of of such a reaction. Mm. Um, but you know, therefore, there was there was nothing really usable <laughs> from the post game thread, and certainly the game thread as well. Um, but sticking with the team perspective, we cover the positive <laughs> stuff. Um, but throwing a bit of shade there on, on Celtics Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I tried. Up your game. <laughs> Sticking with the team perspective, we're going to get to individual player performances in a sec, but um, some negative takeaways, Joe. Um, what are your negative takeaways from, from this game other than what we've covered so far? Um, I think for me, there's that period of time where we lost the lead. Um, this team has a pattern of trying to dig itself out of trouble with the three-pointer and it, 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 it's got to stop. Like it, it just doesn't work. Like threes come when you're feeling good and you've got your confidence behind you and you've got momentum that once the momentum goes, you've got to, you've got to understand it and go back to basics and, and, and get yourself the hard earned points. And um, I, I was disappointed to see Tatum particularly fall into that trap. That's, that's the growth we're looking for from him. And uh, we didn't, we didn't see that tonight. I'm sorry, Jason. What does that say to you as far as nature versus nurture? I, I, maybe that's the right <laughs> term as far as we've got a completely different parent or coach, uh, the same kids or players. You can tell I've recently become a parent. Um, and, and yet we're seeing some of these same tendencies, these same behaviors that are sort of repeated and, and carrying over from, from last year. I, I would expect that sort of thing to be stamped out by new management, if it were. And yet, like, we seem to be seeing that again. I don't know, Jackson, what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, like, bigger picture-wise, like, I still expect us, I'm not jumping too far ahead here, I hope, I still expect us probably to finish about, like, fifth in the East, just because I think you input a new front office, you input a new coaching staff, and, like, a lot of new players. It's going to take time to get that all together, as good as Tatum is, as good as Brown is. I just feel, I feel like the first half of the season might not quite hit expectations, but I do believe we are going to click into gear, and we are going to become a different beast towards the back end of the playoffs. So, I mean, it's no surprise to me that there's, like, tendencies from, you know, 
last season, the season before, that's still frustrating and is still evident to see there. But, you know, you can tell that they are trying things like ball movement is one thing. Um, but I mean, in terms of negative takeaways, um, back to your point before, um, even though we did, um, I think we shot a higher percentage of free throws to New York. Um, we still like, I felt like missed too many. I think Tatum missed a few um, and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, that, that was something I, I just, I don't know if I was being harsh here, but I just noticed like a lot of free throws not going down and it was frustrating, particularly in the double overtime game. So, you know, fine margins and whatnot. But beyond that, that's all about I've got really. Yeah, Tatum's first free throw barely hit the front rim, almost airballed it in mm, front of a packed right. Madison Square Garden. Uh, and that was fairly early. And at that point, you were like, oh, like, shit, this guy, this guy's off tonight. Um, and we really he needed him to be on. Off. Big time. Off, man. Seven for 30. And we, we'll get into the individual player performances in a, in a sec. Uh, because it is worthy of a of a drill down, of a deep dive. But sticking with the negative takeaways, the main one that stuck out to me was the confusion with the switching and the not switching, uh, which led to some all too easy Knicks buckets. Um, I guess just like overall communication errors on defense. So one of them that stood out to me, there were two really both led to Fournier buckets. One was late. There was that um, sideline out of bounds game. Yeah, where Smart was glued to to Julius Randle and Fournier flew off a screen sort of around Randle and, and Tatum lost him on the, on, on the chase and it led to um, Fournier just like getting straight to the bucket and getting an open layup. If they had switched that, uh, that coverage there, then Smart could have easily sort of ducked under and followed Fournier to the bucket and, and prevented, you know, at least the, the point blank open layup there. But at that point late in the game, based on the game that Julius Randle had been having, it was very clear that the the instruction was to stick with Randall and don't switch off him no matter what. Um, I mean, we saw Grant Williams try and fail to defend Julius Randall on many occasions in, I think, what was it, the second or the third quarter. Um, they kind of covered that a little bit later when they got Rob Williams defending him one-on-one full-time and, and not switching that. And that's where not switching, I thought, really worked well for the defense. Um, but as as a team on the court, it didn't seem like that they were really in unison as far as when to switch and when not to switch. The good news there is that it's game one. That's something that with, you know, film study, I don't know, things like that, I would imagine they can stamp out over time. Um, but that was, I guess, the main negative takeaway for me is just a lack of cohesion defensively. Um, what else you guys got mm-hmm. negative takeaways? Just on your point there, I would say Al Horford will probably help that when he does come back in communication-wise and whatnot. You know, Josh Richardson even to an extent. I mean, I don't know. Again, new player, new system could probably still fall victim to confusion and whatnot. But um, yeah, sorry, that's all I've got. I have no more negatives other than the fact that we lost. An optimist. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> got anything else, Joe? <laughs> uh, I mean, just... Uh... <sighs> I mean, it was just really that, that that play where Tatum Marcus overthrew Tatum. I was just like, oh, that's just so careless, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that play probably stuck in my craw as much as anything. Um, and and I'm a I'm a Marcus Smart apologist, always will be. But far out, man! Like it was like he was trying <laughs> to lead him to the corner instead of to the basket. And I was just like, come on, guys, we've got to think to the hoop, feet in the paint, you know. I'm, I'm probably traversing old ground here, really, to be honest, Ben. Mm. No, that's fine. I mean, 18 turnovers was a point I had for the for the negative stuff for the, the Celtics there. 
Uh, it was only 17 for the Knicks, so it's not like they were, you know, severely under that yeah. mark. But um, just a crazy you, amount of points probably... in transition, transition for the Knicks as well. Yeah. And Obi Toppin was actually really impressive on that front. He got out in transition a number of times and um, finished really strongly. And he was a player that I was pretty low on coming out of last season, going into this season. But he really capitalized off of those Celtic turnovers um, and it was probably you know, a huge part of the difference beyond Julius Randle as far as the Knicks getting the win tonight. So, um, sorry, Jackson, you had something you wanted to do to get out there? No, that's okay. I thought you made a very good point about the fast breaks too and the points off turnovers because yeah, it felt like I was watching a perpetual fast break, I think, in the second quarter or the third quarter yeah. or something like that. But yeah, yeah, no, my other points, it does matter. Um, I was probably a little concerned with Robert Williams's lift. I know he's just had that jumper's knee thing, but... Um, there was a there was a play really close to the end where he got blocked and was like sh- he got fouled on it, but I was like shivers, man. Like um, that's a big part of his game, you know, him mm-hmm. being bouncy like that. He's not a one dimensional player, but um, that's a huge dimension for him. And uh, I'll be watching that a little bit closely. Mm-hmm. Um, he he only seems to fly when he gets a run up right or when he's cutting into the yeah. rim. He, he can elevate like a, like nothing else then. But like yeah, you're right. And just from like a standing stop, yeah, he doesn't seem to have like the same yeah explosiversness that he does. I don't know if I'm it was just this game or I've that particular that play needed to be finished with a dunk. Had to be, mm. and it wasn't. Yeah, he took mercy on Kemba a few times where I thought he should have absolutely posterized him on one particular play, but then on another one as well where I think he either passed it off or, or finished with a layup instead. But there were two times where he had Kemba right under the bucket. And yeah, it's like he took like a friendly level of mercy on him and decided not to posterize his, his good buddy there. I thought that was uh, yeah. odd. Um I mean, to be fair, Kemba does draw charges every now and then. He got a good one on Jalen Brown, which I thought lost us the game again too. So maybe he's got that in mind, perhaps. But yeah, I, I agree. Just just dunk on him, eh? Just humiliate the motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> and, but on Time Lord, and yeah, let, let's dig into some of these individual player performances now. I guess we can we can tick off Time Lord, but he did hit some clutch free throws, which is not sort of typical Dead. of him to hit any free throws, let alone like high stakes free throws. I thought that showed growth uh, in that sense. And I mentioned it before, yeah. but the defense on Randall. Um, it was a game changer when we did stick Time Lord on Randall. It did kind of mm. settle our defense down a little bit and force the Knicks to to look elsewhere for their points. Um, yeah, I, I kind of walked away so, overall feeling pretty impressed with Time Lord, hoping yeah. that he can maybe find some of that explosiveness a- again as he sort of ramps up back into shape uh, as the season progresses. Yeah, there, there was one play. I can't remember if it's the first quarter or the second quarter. I can't remember who was shooting the three, RJ Barrett maybe. And Time Lord was guarding him on the three. I've seen that movie so many times when he just launches into them, draws the three, the free, uh, the three free throws, and it happens over and over again. He didn't bite. He literally stood there, stuck his arm out because he knows he's got this ridiculous reach, and he forced the miss. And I was just like, if I, I want to see more of that. And I know they're not calling the. The, the three jumping into the guy as much this year, like, thank God. But um, Rob would still be susceptible to that. And the fact that he didn't bite on that, I felt that was really encouraging, at least early on. Yeah, five blocks, baby. The pillar of my uh, of my dynasty fantasy team, uh, which, of course, no one cares about because let's be I honest. I have Jalen Brown on my fantasy team, by the way. Oh, yeah. You're off to a great start then, my friend. Um, 83 points. Thank you very much, yeah. <laughs> Sticking with the individual players, uh, we've got to really circle back on on Tatum and we'll kick off here from a comment from user Ruler LRB. He says that Tatum had an off night. These tend to happen with him. The issue isn't the off night. It's the fact that he kept trying to play hero ball while hilariously off. Um, Joe, I know you touched on it a minute ago, but sort of any extended thoughts on, on the Tatum performance from this game? Is it a cause for concern? 
Is it just an anomaly or how should fans feel about this one? I mean, I I don't regard it as a cause for concern in that I I like my surmise of Tatum is I think he he might be the sort of player who'll get better and become a more low variance performer um, as he as he gets older. But um, <clears throat> the guy's a jump shooter. That's what he likes to do. And um, as you know, you talk about nature versus nurture. It's in his nature. He loves shooting that jump shot. Um, and it's probably not going to be something that. Like he's able to completely eradicate from his um, from his, I guess his approach to the game. So hard to be too concerned about something that we've seen before. But he really does have these games where he stinks up the joint, eh? You know, um, <laughs> it's just I, I just think it's the cost of doing business with Jason Tatum, and we're gonna get some we're gonna get some spectacular ones as well. Just great fun, but yeah, um, look, he's he's not gonna make the jump to that top tier player. Until he's a low variant score every night, you know. Yeah, um, four free throw attempts. I think he had all game yeah. in in, in, okay. in a double overtime game. No, nah, no, nah, absolutely not. You can't have that. Um, Tatum is the one I'm least concerned about, though. Like we just know what Tatum can do. Um, he historically starts slow. I was really hoping this would be the season where that wasn't the case, where he'd be like straight out of the gate. Um, mind you, if like if he had 46 and and Brown looked. If they swapped games, basically, I would be like, oh, you know, it's COVID, whatever. That's blah, blah, blah. But like Tatum, this is amazing. You see Brown have that game. You see Tatum have that game. Um, I'm more encouraged, not to steer this away from Tatum, sorry, but like I'm more encouraged by that and le- and less discouraged by Tatum's output. If it's the other way around, you'd be like, oh, no, Brown's going to take months to come back. This is awful. But um, um, yeah, th- not being aggressive enough was one thing. I, th- I even thought he tried to force passes too much early on. Like it was too much in his head. I've got to like get the other guys involved and whatnot. I think that led to a couple of turnovers and shots that he otherwise could have had. But um, and then it sort of flipped, it regressed back to the old ways of just like playing hero ball and whatnot. And it just, it never really, it just never clicked into gear. And I think yeah, like a ten percent, not even better performance from him, and that's a win. Um, still got a double double. So you know, he's at least in that tier of plays like shit. Still stats the stuff sheets. Stuffs the stats sheets. So, <laughs> yeah, so. stuff sheet. That's a tough stuffs one. The stuff sheet. It's a tough one. Late on a late episode on a title. Night. Yeah, um, <laughs> I did warn you. <laughs> he, he did have that great spin and take to the bucket for it was almost Giannis like in like the use of his length um, for that and one late in I think the mm. second OT to put us up with the the free throw um, at the end of the and one there. Um, which there were so many moments where I was like, yeah, baby, we got this. That was maybe the peak moment of that for me where I was like, look, if Tatum's come alive, like that's curtains for the Knicks. But of course, he never really uh, came alive for more than like 10 seconds. Um, another Reddit comment here by ZGamer200, he says, so I'm happy with the team managing to come back even if it fell short. But what frustrates me about this loss most is Tatum's play because all of that offseason talk proved to be just that tonight talk um which yeah i mean it was definitely against the grain of everything that we heard from the team and adoka and and tatum as far as like uh changes we can expect to see jackson like you mentioned the forced playmaking which we were sort of led to expect would be a huge change in his game we saw it um successfully in the olympics when you know admittedly he had different players around him um but yeah maybe forced that aspect of the game a little early in, in this one um and then just too often was like, I'm the guy, I'm going to put up the shot. The attempted game winner at the end of OT1 is the example of that, where really a more mindful player, a more team-oriented player would have been like, 
maybe I'm going to give it to my guy, Jalen Brown. He happens to be playing quite well, shooting the ball quite well. Um, maybe I'll give him the opportunity, but of course he, he sort of feels like he owns that role and wasn't willing to, to give that up. So hopefully that's a part of his game that he can expand, just becoming more mindful of like that particular game and who's like the, the sort of, I don't know, the, the, the characters of that particular game and who's playing well in that particular game and, and harnessing that as opposed to just having this static understanding of who he is and what he should be doing. Um, but it's one game, probably shouldn't, uh, I don't know, think that uh, deeply about it. Um, should we move on? Jalen Brown? Jackson? Much happier subject, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jackson, you want to kick yourself <laughs> on the Jalen Brown analysis? Yeah, wow. Um, apparently, he spent 10 days meditating. <laughs> thinking about his breathing and stuff. So, you know, if you ever get COVID and you're worried about your recovery, just meditate. 10 days of meditation <laughs> told and you will get 46 points at Madison Square Garden as well. It's that um, simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't look remotely bothered by COVID, um, which is amazing. Um, he started last season pretty strong as well, too. I think I, I think we did a podcast with our old friend, La Bird, where I think it was after a Pacers loss Who's earlier there? on the season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> Shout out I remember I remembered something like that. Yeah. Um and I remember saying to him, like, I don't think it's beyond the the realms of possibility that we're living in a world where Jalen Brown ends up being a better player than Jason Tatum. I don't believe that anymore because, you know, how many times did he score fifty last season in like, you know, a month or whatever? Um, but he's got that in him to be like that that, you know, insane level of like an all star and potentially maybe even an all NBA player. Um, so it is one game. I, he's not going to get 46 every single night for sure. Um, but it's about as good as a start as he can have for someone who's supposedly just going to be like the number two. Like if that's the number two guy and, you know, then it, it, we know Tatum can show up. So if, if, if those two can, if he can put that kind of performance next to a good Tatum performance, we won't be losing those games. I guarantee it. So no, everything I saw from Jalen Brown tonight was, was wonderful, except for that really dumb turnover right at the end of the fourth, down six. He just like dribbles it off his leg. And I thought that was the game there. And then lo and behold, we come back with like two steps. Yeah, let, let's pull that up. <laughs> and, and go to back. Let's pull that up and with also a, a newfound capability. Yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because then there's a then there's a Jalen Brown play after that that's just mind-blowing. And this is the one, right? So we've got Smart. We've got Who's inbounding it? I can't see. But you got Little Smart there. Oh, yeah. And that's I thought we were going to challenge that. Yeah. I, I was like, surely we're going to challenge that. The replay from the baseline actually looks like it is Randall's hand knocking it away, but there's just no there's reaction the from Jalen Brown. Yeah, yeah, that normally gives it away. Yeah. But like that, yeah, yeah, look at that. It sort of looks like Finger it. Fingertips on the ball from yeah. Randall, for sure. In this very greedy this replay. Like, you at. watch that happen and look at the time. There's 44 seconds left in the fourth, down six. And I was like, that's, that's done. I can't believe he's had such a good game. And that was what it ended on. It felt it was going to be such an anticlimax. But then, lo and behold, here it's steal from Grant. Grant Williams. You bloody beauty, Grant. Look at him finish that layup. Finish I can't believe That's he finished That's a really that. good finish. Schroeder could dream of finishing it like little that. little charge there, a little push off from Randall. He's going for the yeah. Marcus Smart on James Harden. And this is great pressure from Time Lord. Hey. Knocks it back. And then he fouls it. Yeah, foul. but this, that, was, that was a great sequence of play. But yeah, I mean, he turns it over and you think, oh, this is this is... We're cooked here, and lo and behold, <laughs> I love that Knicks fan who knows that like a very Knicksy thing is about to happen to them. <laughs> yeah, you could sense it. So you, you, you turn the ball over twice like that in quick succession. You're like, oh no, it's it's crumbling, and almost. Hey, hey Jackson, can you say this? Yes. How many stats? Because stats stuff a stuff a stat stuff a good stuff stats. How many stats could a stats stuff a stuff a stuff stats stuff a good stuff stats? <laughs> yeah, pretty close. <laughs> but, How many stats? Still stats, more stuff, eloquent stuff, than Jalen Brown scribbling at that point in the game. Yes, indeed. 
uh, yeah, that was a tough turnover at a tough time. Um, but Jalen Brown's young. He's not the perfect player, dare I say, yet. Um, but, you know, he's definitely the MVP of this game. Um, that said, Joe, what are your thoughts on, on Jalen's performance tonight? Well, just on that particular play, I can't, like, really fault it. Like, he was bringing it down below his knees. The ball got tapped from the from the side. You know, it's it's an it's unfortunate, but um, he didn't do anything like incorrect there to me. You know, it just just got beat. It's similar when when Tatum got blocked by Toppin. Tatum didn't do anything wrong then. He went up with two hands. Toppin took a wild smack and it and it connected. Anyway, I've forgotten. Oh, Jalen Brown about Jalen Brown. Yeah, beware the um beware the hot shooting start. We've we have seen it before. Yeah. Um, it. it like Jalen's a good shooter, but he's not a great shooter, and you can expect it to tail off. Yeah, there has been some talk about how he came into last season with knee soreness, and now he's like totally healthy, other than the wrist on his offhand, which you think wouldn't be particularly impactful. So maybe we can expect more longevity there if he is truly healthy. But uh, as far as this game, and yeah, we are overreacting to the only sample size we have, which is one game. The, the penetration, I thought, like just the ease of getting to the bucket and aside from some of the dumbest four turnovers I've ever seen from a player as far as just like trying too hard, reaching too far into the bag for unnecessary dribble moves, um, for the most part, the handle looked tight and I was impressed with how easily he got to the bucket and then his kick out, I think he had, yeah, six assists, so his kick out game was solid as well. Um, just looking looking pretty solid there, Jalen Brown, to be fair. Three steals and a block as well to add to that incredible stat line. Um, definitely a, a pillar of light and hope in what was sort of largely, um, um, you know, particularly from Tatum, uh, a miserable performance. So um, I feel I feel very optimistic about Jalen Brown uh, in particular. Should we move on to Romeo Langford? another optimistic takeaway from this game? Joe, what are your takeaways there sure. from, from Romeo Langford's point of view? Well, one is he probably shouldn't be guarding Julius Randle. Um, but that <laughs> that aside, that aside, like he's obviously confident in his shot. That's great because um, he looked like a guy. You remember he was the guy that Jay Laranaga had the ping pong paddle on, which is a great little coaching technique, by the way, I think. But, um, I got to try that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, he obviously trusts his shot. That's great. That's um, that that's that bodes well, you know. It, you know, hopefully he gets an extension. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah. Any no, I thought, uh, his his shooting was incredible. You know, he he had the kind of shooting that we would probably have expected Neesmith to have. If you're talking about a young guy coming off the bench and was going to do to have that kind of um, stat line, so and he was the only one who had like bench points for like the longest time because um, you know Schroeder was stinking up the place offensively. Um, so yeah, now nah, he was a, a good con- contributor, and I think he's going to have a great season. I really do. What about Marcus Smart, Jackson? I I didn't really notice any behavioral changes with Marcus Smart. Again, you know, there was some off-season talk about, oh, expect this, expect that. Now he's the starting point guard. Now he's got a defined role. You know, he's going to be delegating. He's not going to be jacking up, you know, highly contested three-point shots. Um, Mm. And yet he still is, still does. Uh, You know, it's one game, Jackson, but I don't know. did Did you notice anything different about Marcus Smart at all? I don't know. Like you might be able to like jog my memory here, but other than the turnover that we talked about earlier that Joe mentioned, and obviously the three to send it to over, to um to overtime, I don't really remember him doing a great deal. And I think if Marcus Smart goes unnoticed to a degree, then that's a good thing because if he does go noticed, then either a he's shooting more than he has the right to be, or b he's doing something stupid. 
or he's making a great like crazy defensive play but normally it's like one of those first two that I mentioned so I didn't really like notice him really do that much can anyone jog my memory into something else that he did other than send us to overtime he got caught on a screen pretty bad it was like he guessed the wrong way that Fournier was going to come off the screen and Fournier just faded back and that's how he got a Is huge overtime? yeah he got a huge three yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. that was exactly. when they stuck out a little bit but yeah, I mean, look, Marcus is um, man. He really is died in the wall. Talk about someone's nature being pretty hardwired into them, man. That's that's smart, all right. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you, Jackson. I didn't really. I can't can't say anything. He did jumped out at me. Um, there was the sequence where he obviously he's well. One thing he is really prone to doing is he's like, right, nothing's working. I'm just going to start shooting. You know, he he sort yeah. of um, and you know sometimes it. Sometimes it lights a fire under us, and a lot of times it doesn't. Um, there's that one sequence where, like, Pritchard had, like, a couple of offensive rebounds in a row, I feel, like, off his mm. missed threes, you know? Uh, but, uh, I mean, look, he's going to keep shooting it, and ultimately I think we're better off for him doing that. Like, if he was like Ben Simmons, we would be much worse off. Um, his, his lack of hesitancy, I think, is a net positive. Only just. Yeah, and his three was falling towards the end of this game. Obviously, the shot that put <laughs> us into, into yeah. uh, overtime. But um, I, f- I found myself like almost wanting him to shoot uh, at some of those those later junctions of the game, which like is not a regular occurrence for me. But for whatever reason, I felt trust in him for his his you know three point shot at that point in time. But uh, yeah, we've touched on on that aspect that you that you mentioned, Jackson, on this podcast a couple of times in the past. Where if you don't notice Marcus Smart, that's generally him having a good game, particularly because the things mm. that he's like sort of famously impactful for, um, you know, like team defense and um, non statistical contributions, like they're not super noticeable anyway. So in, in that sense, I think it was a good Marcus Smart game, and that he didn't try to overassert himself on this one. Um, we talked about Rob Williams. What about Grant Williams, Joe? I feel like we should throw to you here as sort of like the, mm-hmm. the team Grant Williams aficionado. A bit of a win for you guys and the and the Grant Williams lovers today's, I think. Yeah, I was actually a little disappointed with how he went on Randall. Um, I thought he could have done at least a little more to get Randall onto his right hand. You know, uh, uh, it's one of those things that you, you often hear, I guess, like amateurs like us say, why don't you just force them left? Because we can force other amateurs <laughs> to their offhand, right? But it's a lot harder <laughs> with the pros. Uh, but that's what needed to happen, and it didn't, you know. And Randall just like, like, like Grant Williams can't ever come off looking like this, the the weaker player, you know. He's got to be strong. Um, but um, yeah, other than that, uh, I was like, he had one play on a fast break where he uh, made a really great push and read, and he clicked it. I think it was to Langford in the corner. Um, it didn't work out, but. Um, I'm a huge fan of his, um, but I also I don't want to put too much stock in his shot falling or not. That's not like to me where he really offers value. He offers value as a playmaker, um, his you know passing from the elbows, fake dribble handoff, that sort of thing. And also like I, I really do, <laughs> I'm I'm really in the minority here, and maybe I'm just blind to it, but I actually really rate his ability to. Um, I really rate his ability to stand up to big, strong, quick guys like big wings on the perimeter. I know, I know, it probably sounds like I'm crazy, but I feel like he gets a really tough whistle, and I think he's a lot better at that than he's given credit for. And um, I felt like uh, Randall the, the tonight wasn't exam was not an example of that. Um, 
with Randall. So that so mixed bag for me with Grant tonight, but I love him. I'll always be a believer. Yeah, he really came alive in the fourth quarter, I think. I think he had like nine points. Uh, and the game's such a blow because it was so mental, but there was one really good defensive play either in the first overtime or the fourth. I think he got a steal off. Maybe it was off Julius Randle or off Derek, Derek Rose. I can't remember, but he stole it. And that, that, that um, I think we got points off that. I can't remember. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember him more struggling against Randle, but Randle was just having a beast of a game. Like, I mean, I know Ty Moore did a good a number on him when he was on him for a little bit, but I mean- you know, over the course of the game, you know that was what they swap when they were switching out. You know that was the that was the matchup, and they were they were he was just going to town on him. So sucks that that was you know my prevailing memory of Grant Williams from this game. But a big fourth quarter, big shots that he hit too. So he he acquitted himself fairly well, I think. But um, uh, but yeah, it's just the Randall stuff let him down. Yeah, there was a stretch in the third quarter, I believe, where Randall just absolutely eviscerated uh, our mate he Grant was Williams. One. There, he it was, was it was tough one, to watch. Yeah. It's like watching someone you love fail miserably over and over again. Um, and he certainly made up for it in other areas of the court and impacted the game in other ways. And he may or may not feature in our underrated play of the game uh, segment that's coming up uh, pretty soon. Uh, one player who featured heavily in, in closing time um, instead of Grant Williams, and I, I think there were a lot of fans in the in the post-game thread who were against this, was Dennis Schroeder, who Adoka went to over Grant Williams in sort of in crunch time, essentially. Uh, team high, eight assists. Uh, hard to be mad about Janice Schroeder based on what we're paying him. Um, but Joe, you know, this was Schroeder's debut in this game. What were your takeaways from his performance? Um, he was what he pro- what I probably would have expected from him. Some yeah. offensive contribution. I just don't. Lo- I don't love his game. I just. I, I yeah. I don't know. Why do we have affection for some players' games and others not? And he's just not one of the guys I feel like I just. He's not one of these guys whose games I feel like I warm to. But um, I can't. I can't be disappointed by him basically living up to expectations. He'll have nights where he's better, and he'll have nights when he's worse. But this feels like about par to me. Yeah. There'll be some nights where I can he'll be almost unplayable, you know, if everyone's injured and they need someone to step up. I think he would be the guy to sort of fit that bill um, the most. But um, no, it was rather uninspiring. I mean, he, he wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination. Like the the, the play that I remember that's probably going to draw the most criticism was the blown or the botched layup um, in, in overtime. But I mean, again, the more I step away from the time and like you think about like just how exhausted those players are and like Jalen Brown, like missing a wide open dunk as well too. It's just like, you know, this is this is just going to happen, unfortunately. But no, to go on your like Celtics debut to and, and ultimately to like lose a game like that closely, then yeah, that stings a little bit. But um, you know, I'm I'm willing to be patient with him and give him time. I think you know he's going to give us a few a, a few good performances here and there. But um, uh, yeah, I yeah, it wasn't particularly inspiring. It's one final name I'll throw at you guys before we move on. Uh, Ime Odoka, rookie coach, debut game. Tough circumstances there in front of a, a packed Madison Square Garden crowd. I'll start with a couple of Reddit comments and then throw to you guys. So user Cobalt Red wrote, not a good start from Yudoka. There had to be at least a dozen plays on defense that ended with the Celtics players looking at each other confused. They did not know, uh, did not look like they knew the game plan. And another user, JT owns you. Um, JT did not own anyone this evening, unfortunately. Wrote, not too bad of a first game from Ime. A few things that were frustrating, though, was um, the stretch in the fourth where the Knicks were killing us in the paint, and we just kept that lineup of Schroeder and Pritchard in for far too long. 
and also the non-challenge on the Kemba charge, which I honestly I don't think would have succeeded if they challenged that. Mm. Uh, but no, yeah, either. mixed reviews of uh, Udoka's debut performance. Um, Jackson, well, I don't know. It's one game, but you know that's yeah. the lens we've looked at everything through so far. So what are your takeaways on Udoka? I'm still abstaining from voting. I just think it's way too too early to make a decision on anything. But I mean, yeah, there was one play coming out of a timeout that ended up, I think Marcus Smart took a shot, which wasn't the worst shot, but then Nick's got like a really quick bucket at the other end and then we turn it over and then they got another bucket. And I just remember thinking to myself like, that was such a, an awful like outcome out of a timeout, like in, in, a, in a clutch situation. So again, I'm not going to judge the whole, the guy off, you know, that one play here and there, but I mean- I'm not going to judge a guy by like his in-game adjustments just yet. You know that the team's got to get used to him. He's got to get used to the team. He's got to get used to being an NBA coach as well, too. So I think he was probably a little bit, you know, maybe overthinking it, maybe a little bit overall by the moment. I don't know, but I think like the the fact that we are moving the ball a lot more, like which we touched on earlier, I think is more of his his um, fingerprint than you know maybe some in-game adjustments or you know maybe not reacting to certain runs or not what like he should. Like, there was moments when Brad Stevens, you know, throughout his coaching career, you know, we were just getting slaughtered and there was no timeouts being called. Like, you know, there was probably a moment or two in the end of the third and the start of the fourth where you could have stemmed the bleeding a little bit. But again, I think it's too early to, to judge at this stage. I think it was I think it was fine, to be honest. Coaching's coaching's hard for us to, to judge, right? You know, I think mm. we have to see patterns emerging um, in order to get a better, better sense of how coaches perform. I thought he at least called timely timeouts, which uh, you kind of touched on there, Jackson, is not like uh, a luxury mm. that, that was always delivered to us by uh, by Brad Stevens. So, yeah, it's hard to draw conclusions from one game. And there were so many things that went wrong that I think were out of his control, um, namely Tatum, like who had good shots at times and just didn't hit them and then sometimes hit bad shots. I don't know. There's just a lot that... Uh, you know, I feel like Udoka, for the most part, put the team in a pretty good position to win as far as what he was able to control. Um, and there were some execution issues, uh, particularly on the defense. Like we talked about that, they'll hopefully clean up with watching a bit of film and sort of reviewing and evaluating what went on there. He's still a very calm dude, just like Brad Stevens. Would you rather a coach who's going to look like, like Nick Nurse, who's just going to yell at the people and like get in the face of the referees? Or would you rather this calmer demeanor sort of continue? I'm kind of itching for someone who's just going to yell at the refs and berate people just sometimes, you know? You guys feel the same? I like the mystique. I, I think the mystique pairs well with the, the Celtics organization. I, I don't know. I feel like there's okay. there's some sort of pairing there that, that works well for me. What do you think, Joe? I'm not so much about the coach's temperament, more the style of play. Um, you know, if I, if I see a team playing an attractive style of play that sort of that's probably how I judge the coach, to be honest. You know, it's not. Yeah, the, the, there's a few ways to skin the cat, but the cat must be cat must be skun, skinned, <laughs> skun a cat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Front <laughs> sucks. Uh, we're gonna, we're going to finish up with the Reddit recap in a second, but first the play of the game, which, by the way, now that we're on YouTube, is a segment that we can pull off. Go find the Celtics Reddit podcast on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, all that stuff. The play of the game is, let me cue it up here. It's really a sequence. I'm going to try and talk us through it here. Guys, feel free to chime in as I load up this very pixelated replay. The play of the game is, obviously, this final sequence. You see Jason Tatum getting ready to inbound the ball. I have slowed this down, which now as I'm talking over it, I I regret. Um, So (laughs) let's just let this play uh, unfold here. Jason Tatum about to inbound the ball. Finds... 
Number seven, Jalen Brown, way outside, and he just guns that shot Dang. and sticks it right in Fournier's face, which is just ridiculous. Uh, Fournier rightfully gave him the room, thinking he was going to drive, and, and, and Jalen Brown just popped it there. I don't think any of us were expecting that to go down. Um, they inbound the ball. We're now down one with 4.8 seconds to go, and Grant Williams very smartly fouls. Can we go back to the start? Okay. Right to the start. Well, well, can we go back to even back to start? Back, 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 back. Pause. Right back. back right back, back, back to the back beginning. And pause. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pause it. Okay. So we know what we know. What's going to happen now, right? We know that Robert, that Jalen Williams is going to. I don't know what they call this type of cut. Jalen Williams. It's not like Jalen Williams. Jalen Brown's going to cut up, right? And Robert Williams is going to set the screen for him. I want to watch the screen that Robert Williams sets here. Okay. I want to watch that. Can we go through that there? Just press play. Robert Williams, your job is to set the screen. The reason why Jalen has to, to me, the way he has to come so high to catch the ball in the first place is because Robert Williams does not get much of a piece of Fournier on that screen. And I think that's actually, the more I'm thinking about watching basketball, I think that's actually just such a key thing to watch. And when you're watching your team, is like, how often do their screens get, like, traction? You know, how often do they absolutely, do they really yeah. impede the progress of the defender? Let's watch it. You know a really good screen when you see it because someone gets like pumped, right? Check out Stephen Adams on Pat Beverly. It's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> makes me proud to be a New Zealander. So that like, time it just screen. doesn't get yeah, any, just, any of them. No, yeah. no register. Sticks that ridiculous shot though. Like a broken turnstile. And then Grant Williams very smartly, very quickly fouls immediately as soon as the ball is inbounded. So we've got the replay here. Look at M40. He's right up there on Jalen Brown. He goes back expecting the drive and just gives him a little bit of room and Jalen Brown just smartly pops up, I guess, what, 35 feet out from the hoop yeah. and sticks it. That's a Peyton pressure shot. That is. Arm. He's got a lot of arm in his shot. Look how far back his elbow is flexed. Like, that's not like you'd normally tore your elbow straight, you know, your, your forearm straight up and down. Yeah, well, out that far, oh, I mean, I guess he's got a yeah, slingshot. Like it. <laughs> he's really slinging it. Yeah, so that's uh, the extent of it. Nick's we see another range. another tortured Knicks fan here. A couple of them here is Spike Lee as well. Aware of um, you know a, a lifetime of Knicks fandom of what can and, and possibly will go wrong. And I think at this point in the game, we've had Randall hit his first free throw. He's about to hit his second one here. And as part of the sequence, we now see the Knicks up three points, one thirteen so to one sixteen. As we inbound the ball, and they double Jason Tatum here, who falls over. Schroeder comes up, and Kemba turns around to cover the the two point drive, which is ridiculous because we're down three, leaving Marcus Smart open uh, for that three point shot, which ultimately um, sends it to overtime. Definitely the play of the game. Obviously, the the sequence of the game there. Um, a, a real just sort of mind fart, brain fart from from Fournier and from Kemba Walker there, who it obviously were great the for the of, Knicks. Middle of the floor, wide yeah. open. 48 particularly. Yeah. 48. Like I wonder if like... Sorry, Joe. I wonder if feigning to fall over to draw like more attention Genius. like a double team and then... Genius. Should, yeah. If, if, that's, if that Tatum meant that, oh my God, the best game he's ever had. I don't care about 5 or 30. That's coaching. Uh, yeah. So that's <laughs> the play of the game. Yeah. Joe, uh, are you going to run us through this underrated play of the game as well, which is going to be a recurring segment? I'm just going to cue this up for you. Yeah, I love this idea of the segment. Yeah, so here. So we're up 10, right? Comes back. Romeo, wide under the hoop. Rose has left him alone for some reason. Okay. Williams doesn't hit him for some reason. Then Jalen, like, takes Jalen one, I don't know how long it takes him to recognize, like, a long time, and then he throws an absolute horrific pass. turd. It's absolute turd ball. And then he probably should have just gone up anyway, 
but fair enough, he, he pump faked and then turn over. Like that's the that's the type of thing. And now we're a bit off to the races. Do they score off this? No, they don't. <laughs> Grant <laughs> that, saves the day for me. Those sort of those to me, like I'm I'm probably a little superstitious about those sort of plays. But when I watch them, I think, ooh, it might not be our night. You know, those are those are the types of plays that that indicate maybe we're not quite as locked in as we need to be and um they're the type that 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 kind of play that results from a little bit of passivity i guess um so it just like when i saw that i was like oh that's concerning to me you know we've got a comfortable lead i'm not expecting us to build this league so did do you Sorry, Joe. No, right. Do you find though, when players are so open and have so much time, it kind of just like mentally just throws them for a loop because they're expecting someone near them? Like you see, when someone's got a, a three and no one's near them and no one goes, and they take like a good like second and a half to shoot it. I mean, it, sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. But like he's got, he's so open, he just just must have like not known what was going on for a second. Oh, uh, with jump shots, you know when a shot looks heavy, you know, and and often it's be often it's it's as a result of catching it and then takes him out of rhythm. They might do a jab and try and come back, you know. But you, you, you know what I mean. When you see a shot looking heavy, mm. it, it very, very, it very rarely looks heavy when it comes in rhythm, like catch, shoot, bang, you know. Um, yeah. So yes, I, I agree with you, and I, I wouldn't. I don't know that I'd point to that as an example of it. Um, I can certainly appreciate from my time as a pickup, pickup battler. Um, when you when you catch the ball and you pump fake and oh shivers he didn't really bite on it what am I going to do now like <laughs> I've been there with Romeo um, I guess he yeah he should have just gone straight up with it normally it's a better play yeah absolutely there you go that's the underrated play of the game could be a good thing could be a bad thing in this case unfortunately uh, not a, a play that favors the Celtics or in particular Jalen Brown. Uh, in this case, but that's going to be a recurring segment for us. Now it's time for the Boston Celtics Reddit Recap. Thank you, Space Ghost. Uh, we are going to get to just <laughs> two very quick posts here because we are uh, running overtime here. You might say it's a double overtime thriller for the Celtics Reddit <laughs> podcast. We're going to start with a comment or a post rather from Jamal CCC, who says this was a great loss and a must loss for the Boston Celtics. And they go on to say, ever since Jason zag. Tatum has been a Celtics the team has had great seasons, so 17-18 uh, and 19-20. When it loses, it's opener. And disappointing seasons, 18-19 and 20-21, when it won, it's season opener. I believe Tatum knew this and did his part. But the intellectual Brown don't believe in luck and wanted to win anyway. In a push and pull, the franchise player Tatum got his way. Here comes a great season. You just wait. Uh, <laughs> As a as a uh, ever optimist, I like the the optimistic spin on like this loss was really a win. Um, I don't know, guys. Any, <laughs> any any thoughts on this yeah. take at all? Do you, do you see any any pattern there? Is this is this a um, a trigger point for a successful season for the Celtics, or am I reaching as far as Celtics Reddit content to include on the podcast? The last time we won a banner, we won our opening game against the Washington Wizards. So I'll judge it by that metric rather than <laughs> losing and making the conference finals, albeit fun. So yeah, yeah. No, I like the optimism. And yeah, if we if we can if we can hit if it can be the same kind of entertaining ride that, you know, seventeen, eighteen was, then awesome. I'm gonna be completely up for it. But um yeah, I would have rather have won. Joe, does this mean anything? Uh uh, well, look, I've just given my own sort of example of a bit of a superstition. Um, so I, I can't, I can't 
I can't pretend that I'm not guilty of it, but no, no, this doesn't mean. <laughs> All right, let's move on then because we are, like I said, over time. This final one is from user JM1849, and the headline is the Celtics Reddit reacting to the Ben Simmons situation. And uh, you're going to lose out on this if you're listening to the audio bot, but it's this gif, if you will, of Dr. Evil and his cronies uh, maniacally laughing and um, evilly laughing, I guess, if you will, uh, in the case of Dr. Evil. The reason I bring this up, uh, Joe, um, well, first of all, sorting the subreddit through top posts by the last week, uh, I was surprised to see um, how dominant the, the Ben Simmons drama was in terms of taking up space on, on Boston Celtics Reddit. Um, so I, th- I thought I'd take this opportunity to particularly ask you, Joe, you've previously stated that the Celtics should consider trading for Ben Simmons, perhaps even tra- trading Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. Have the recent events as far as Ben Simmons sort of impacted your stance there at all? Uh, yeah. I, oh, I shouldn't cover the camera there like that. Um, a little, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think um, I think I still think he's a really underrated player um, and that represents a, a unique opportunity. If someone's underrated, right, um, it means that there's an opportunity to uh, to acquire them at undervalued. Um that said, you know, um, yeah, not great. I don't, I don't love, you know, don't love hearing stories of un-Australian bad attitudes. Like what's what's happening? You know, getting kicked out of practice. Eh? like that guy needs to pull his head in. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, like really. it. He's he's in my he's in the same tier of someone like you know Nick Kyrgios or Bernard Tomic as like you know Australian celebrity athletes that I just can't stand. He's like literally <laughs> one of my. Least favorite players. Well, we're just never going to get Nick Curious on the pod now, yeah. Jackson. <laughs> He's a Celtics fan. We'll have to cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but no, no. I mean, yeah, yeah. If we could get him for a bag of chips, yes. Yeah, wait, no worries. But other than that, no, no way. I'm not getting rid of anyone on this team for him. We might, the GM, which we I might get him for a literal bag of chips the way he's going. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> well, ridiculous and well, we incredibly can Australian. Then. We can talk flavors, sure. Yeah. A bag of Tatum, uh, what is it, Smoky Barbecue Ruffles. Barbecue. I've got a packet somewhere yeah. in my house. <laughs> you can't ever eat them, really, can you? <laughs> yeah, it, there's, there's probably nothing else to add here. Joe, you look like you got you got something cooking there. Nah, man. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, it. I don't know. Where do you think this? Where do you think he winds up? Like I, 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 I said Golden State ages ago. I don't know now. Like uh, I have I no idea. Yeah, he's gonna get. He has to be traded. I, yeah. There's no way back from it. I think he does like an extended Kawhi Leonard, where he spends two seasons wherever he gets traded, and then bails out and just you know probably signs for significantly less. Probably goes to the Lakers, to be honest. Then, like, LeBron's, like, you know, when he's LeBron's 40, and it's like, you're going to be my successor, and it becomes a shit show, and I can't wait for that. So, hey, um, something like that. <laughs> what about this for Chris Paul? Uh, I mean, I just don't think. I, 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 to see, I, yeah, yeah, I, I suppose look. the Phoenix owner is a, is a moron, so, yeah, he might. Yeah, that's true. But, but we talked yeah. about vibes right up the top of this podcast. Like, Chris Paul is a, a consummate vibesman. He's a professional vibesman. He brings the vibes. Uh, and that's my analysis on that matter, Joe. I just don't think that Ben Simmons um, can can bring the same vibes. If anything, he's a vibes detractor. Age-wise, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. And no, we'll just, let's just say, let's just yeah. say look, it, someone's going to have to have a bad season to start. I think 
Someone with a good point guard is going to have to have a bad season to start off with, and that's the team to look for who might trade for him. Um, that would be, that would be, yeah. Well, that would make yeah. a lot of sense. It'll be the net. You watch him end up on the net somehow. It'll, oh god, <laughs> my god. <laughs> All right, um, got to give a shout out to Wayne Spoonie as well. Uh, as far as um, Celtics Reddit posts, uh, he put up a post. If you haven't checked it out, you got to go read it, or you can check it out on his medium as well. It's uh, the Dennis system. It's the, the it's an evaluation of of Dennis Schroeder. Uh, based on the Dennis system concept first proposed by uh, the character Dennis from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which again, if you haven't seen that, you, you got to stop this podcast. What are you doing? Go go check out that much much better content. Um, that's going to do it for this one. We've run long here. <laughs> Thank you for listening. It's been a big off season for us. We've been busy with some great recent guests. We're now on YouTube, like I said earlier, with some very cool graphics courtesy of Smart Water. And we've got two new guys, Celtics J and Wayne Spoonie, both of whom are doing an awesome job. So if you're enjoying the pod and you want to support us, like, subscribe, share. I know it's a cliche, but it really does help. Meanwhile, the Celtics play the Raptors in a couple of days, and I think Celtics J and Wayne Spoonie will be back with a new pod shortly after that one. Jackson Joe, love your work, guys. Thanks again. You beauty. Likewise, ben. You too, Joe. Until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.